Benny. Tyler, how's it going? Oh, you know, same old, same old. Yeah. So, Conda TV series. Yeah. How are they going to do this without uh, Chad? I don't know. But they're doing it with uh, Brian Coogler, who did Black Panther. Well, that's yeah. good. So, and I mean, they're not doing the sequel with Chad either. So I'm... Well, Chad's passed away, so I mean... Yeah. But, like, I mean, like, they're not doing, like, the, like, CG-ish, like, people, like, person that they've done with some, right? Well, I haven't heard an official statement come out, but in the comic books, eventually he steps down and his sister dons the mantle. So the internet's been pretty, like, pretty confident that that's how the new one's gonna go. Where she steps up and takes the role, but, uh... That seems like a natural fit. Yeah, and, like, I mean, obviously this isn't how anyone wanted this to go, but, I mean, if they yeah. wanted to can carry on with Black Panther, that would be the way to do it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm curious what the kind of plotline for this is. And, like, I'll admit, like, Black Panther wasn't my favorite, you know, so, like, I'm not the one that'll be interested in the show, but... But I'm curious, like, what the plot is. Like, is it just kind of centered around, like, the city kind of thing? Or does it tie in, like, or is it like a series with the sister being Black Panther? Or is that the movie and then the series is, like, something else? Know what I mean? That's a good question. So, like, I'm, yeah. It'd be, uh, like, I'm curious what fork it spins off of, right? You know, es- especially because, like, it seems like they're really doubling down on TV. So it's like, it wouldn't surprise me if they did the TV show as, like, here's the sister as Black Panther. But at the same time, it also wouldn't surprise me if they were like, no, that's the movie. And the TV series is, like, some discreet thing in Wakanda, maybe? Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I guess we don't really have a whole lot of information, so it's kind of hard to say. I would think the logical thing to do would be to use the TV show to kind of explain what happens from the last Black Panther movie up until the upcoming Black Panther movie with her stepping into the role. Yeah, that actually would be that actually probably would be one of the better ways to kind of have it bridge that that gap. Yeah, you know. But then also, but then you, if you do it that way, you run into the problem of like. That the people that didn't watch the TV show don't have those questions answered going into the movie, right? Mm, yeah, I suppose. But I mean, I feel like if you're invested in the Marvel Universe and the continuity of it all, you're kind of going to pay attention to that kind of stuff, right? True, but I like also... Th- yeah, but like like on your point, ain't nobody going to sit there after... Um, uh, like WandaVision and the Loki show and all that other stuff and step into the multiverse of madness and go, well, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. And the ones who don't know what the fuck is happening, I'm sure they'll like go online and get a TLDR. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Because otherwise, what's the point of if like, if you're not going to have the shows linked to the movies and like explain things or set things up, then why even have the shows? Yeah, fair enough. Because, I mean, like, I haven't watched any of the WandaVision yet. It's on my list. But, like, I've heard the last or the second last episode that came out was, like, a big fucking Easter egg as to, like, what's happened and where things are going. Uh, Yes. Yes. 
which I won't say anything uh, about. But yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That's a fair point. Just my thoughts, but I mean, yeah. I don't run Disney, so yeah, yeah. I I think I'm more so curious just how they're going to handle not having Chad in it. Yeah, like like what's like how are they going to write that in? Right, because it's because they have explicitly said like that they're not going to do like the CGI stuff even for like just like a little explainer thing or whatever like that. Yeah. You know, so it's like, yeah, I'm more so curious just which like, that's a tough job. Yeah, I would be, I mean, and like I'm not well versed in the black Panther comic series, but I mean, eventually she steps up and dons the mantle of black Panther. So I'd be curious, like, how does that come about? Does he in the comic series get killed or does he go off? And like, if that's the case, I mean, it's still going to be tough, but it would be easier to set that up. Like, cause you just need someone in a black Panther costume if they were to like, yeah, you know, get killed by some sort of villain. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. Or somehow this all links back to WandaVision and he ends up out on some kind of mission and just completely disappears and ends up in some kind of different universe. Well, it seems like they're, you know, with that Dr. Strange movie and the next Spider-Man movie, and some of the stuff happening in WandaVision, it seems like they're going to go down the road that, like, DC is also going down and just being like, everything's a multiverse, you know? And the upshot to that is, like, you can have multiple Black Panthers, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and you can easily explain stuff away with the multiverse theory by just saying, like, oh, he got snapped into another universe. Whoops. You know, or something, right? You know, like, it, it kind of gives you a nice little, like, out for the writers of like, oh shit, we don't know how to handle this. Now oh, multiverse, right? Which you know, is which, so, yeah, it's pros and cons, right? Which is something I think we need to address because I don't see it in any of our uh, any of our current news stories. But the whole Tom Holland has come out outright and said like this isn't a multiverse movie, and like these people that are supposed to be in this Spider Man are not in this Spider Man. Yeah, and I wonder if that is just. Disney telling him to finally shut up and stop spoiling stuff in interviews. You know, or if it, Disney's like, we're not actually going to let him see any of the fucking scripts. So well, yeah. He's going to come out and he's going to be just as surprised as everyone else. Uh, you know, that wouldn't surprise me because they have limited the information they've given him mm-hmm. on multiple times because he's like famously notorious for just like dropping bombs in interviews and people are like, wait, what? <laughs> like, yeah. You know, so it's, it wouldn't surprise me if Disney just straight up fucking gave him the script that <coughs> just had his parts in it <laughs> but like that's that's where my curiosity is, is like i'm dying like you would think that like if jamie fox and like all these guys are coming back as electro and doc ock and all this other stuff you would think that he would and like andrew garfield and fucking you know like if these dudes are really coming back you would think you would have to have some scenes with them or maybe the, it, or maybe it's a case of because that spider-man movie hasn't filmed fully yet maybe they're trying to lock those deals in or something and they're not finalized yeah i don't know i'm dying of curiosity though because uh, yeah. like you like you like you said he's not good at keeping a secret so like no either he doesn't know yet or he's finally learning to yeah not... or the possibility is there too that like what he's saying is true and that is not the fucking case yeah and we're seeing all these people reprise their their past roles for the multiverse movie and not the spider-man movie yeah. Yeah. I'm 
I'm really curious about those movies just mm-hmm. to finally, I guess, get get these theories, you know, uh, proven or not, right? And just yeah. kind of see exactly how they're doing the multiverse, right? Instead of, you know, everyone and their dog kind of having a fan theory, right? Yeah. You know, so it's, yeah. Guess we'll see how she plays out. Mm-hmm. And in the weirdest fucking news, Jeffrey Wright, who is playing the commissioner in the Batman movie, is going to play the voice of Batman in a comedy podcast on HBO Max. Yeah, that's really weird. Like, I read this headline and I went, fucking what? And then I read it again and I went, fucking what? Yeah, I don't, uh, I'm not quite, I don't, yeah. Uh, so you're talking to, like, a really big Batman fan, and, like, I read this, and I'm just like, nothing about this intrigues me. No, it's all super duper odd. Like, what intern slipped into the boardroom and was like, Yo, guys, I got the next idea. And someone went, yes. Like, what What was the pitch for this? I don't know. I. It's not even that they're doing this, but I also, like... Like, I know Jeffrey Wright's been around for a while, but, I mean, to me, like, you know how people... They end up, like, as a character to you for a long time? Yeah. Right? Like... Like Pierce Brosnan, like despite going on and doing lots of things, like Pierce Brosnan to me is James Bond. Yeah. And like to me, Jeffrey Wright is Bernard from fucking Westworld. Yeah, fair enough. So like to like I was it was a little odd, but I'm like, okay, yeah, I can I can get behind him as Commissioner Gordon. I it's so weird to imagine him playing a comedic Batman in a podcast. Yeah. That's what I'm having troubles wrapping my head around. Yeah. Yeah. And it's super weird that they're, because he's playing the commissioner in this, the, the new Batman movie, like, it, that even adds another layer of weirdness onto it, right? Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I'll just have to wait for that podcast to drop and see what it's all about. I mean, there's some, they got some names that are going to be on this podcast, like Seth Mayers, John, uh, oh, I think I'm gonna butcher his last name. Leguizamo, like John Leguizamo. Uh, yeah, um, Rosario Dawson, Jason Sudeikis, Alan Tudyk. Uh, who else? It's it's an impressive list. Uh, yeah. So and like it's a podcast, and I love podcasts. So like, of course I'm gonna <laughs> give it a shot. But oh, a super fucking weird project that I. Didn't think HBO Max would do podcasts. No, me neither. But I mean, here we are. It's an ever-growing entertainment scape, right? So yeah, better to have your fingers in every cookie jar than just one. Yeah, and maybe this turns out to be like a kind of hilarious little Batman podcast that turns out to be huge. Yeah, I, I mean, like I said, I'll give it a shot. But yeah, weird. Very. It's just it's like a headline that you I read it and I was like, is this the onion? You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Like it was one of those headlines where it's just like, huh? 
Hold up, this is happening? This is a thing? Yeah, hold up, what? Like, is this for real? And yeah, it is. So, yeah. Yeah, that's almost as weird to me as uh, Christopher from The Sopranos getting a series about how he was a Buddhist. Yeah. Yeah, this was another weird one. And... Yeah, I like, I was more so just like... Because the headline is like, oh, like very intriguing, right? Because it's like, oh, I like him. I really like The Sopranos. Like, what what is he going to do? And then I was reading it and I was like, oh. Oh, I don't know that I want to watch this. Yeah. A scripted series loosely based on his real life experiences of being a Buddhist. Uh, yeah. It's not really like, oh, yeah, that sounds like it's going to be super fucking good. Uh, yeah. It's like when I read that headline, I was like, ooh, are we going to get like a like a nice little like gripping thriller drama with him in it like sign me sign me the fuck up like I shamelessly like when i first read that headline i was like are you gonna be in the season the true detective no nope buddhist so yeah this was like a headline that like i got really excited when i first saw it and then i read it and i was like oh wait hold up this isn't what i want no so. Not at the top of the list of things I would wish to see from him. No. Like, I'm, I'm happy he's going back to HBO and he's getting some money, but because I think he's really good, but this isn't the show I would want him in. No, it's not at the... It's not anywhere on any of the lists of things that I'm dying to see. No. I wonder if this was a case of, like, he called in a chit with someone he knew at, at HBO and he was like, I really want to make this autobiography thing. And they were like, yeah, we'll give it to you, because, yeah, you did Sopranos. Yeah, I guess only time will tell on that one. But, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really have a whole lot else to comment on that. No, me neither, other than, like, that was, a, it was like, I got super excited at the headline and then was like, oh, darn. Mm-hmm. And then, uh. We got the uh, Golden Globes list. Yeah, I'm happy to see that there's actually quite a fucking list of shows that are streaming shows and not network. Yes. Yeah, so but, like going going through some standouts, like it's nice to see The Flight Attendant getting some love. That was an all right show. Shit's Creek. Yeah. Ozark. You know, Jason Bateman in that. Mm-hmm. The Crown is getting some love. That's I'm super happy. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> the crown is amazing. And Allegedly, then, uh, this next one, I'm I, I, th- I hope wins this category. Bob Odenkirk for best actor in a drama for Better Call Saul. That makes me happy. Uh, I like him, but looking at that uh, that uh, list of nominees, I definitely think it should be Bateman for Ozark. And see, like, yeah, I think you know how much I love Ozarks. But I, I think Better Call Saul should win that one. But Listen, I, I never watched The Crown, so I can't comment on that. Al Pacino was good in Hunters, but I don't think that's fucking best performance worthy. No. And Matthew Ray's and Perry Mason, I never watched that, so I can't really talk about it. No. And then another one that I'm uh, really happy about for actress in a limited series is Anya Taylor-Joy for The Queen's Gambit. Yeah, good for her. That that show was uh, thinking about it again. I was thinking about it the other night as I was learning to play chess because of that show. 
through a web browser and it turns out that a i'm terrible at chess because uh, i don't know how to play and b how good that joe was and how good she was so i'm really glad she's getting a shout out for that yeah and then i never watched any of the other shows or any of the other actresses no i was just looking at like best actress in a motion picture it's like i never seen well i guess i did see borat but let's be real borat's not gonna win best actress in a category no but i never saw music french accent i care a lot or emma no me neither you know and looking at best director you know i didn't see promising young women didn't see mank on netflix no i don't even know if i've even come across it um I've heard really good things about One Night in, Mi- in Miami and The Trial of the Chicago 7, but I haven't checked them out yet. No, me neither. Um, I, but I mean, that category is like Aaron Sorkin and David Fincher and Regina King. Like, those are some heavy hitters, right? So Yeah, for sure. That'll probably come down to a fight between those three. You know, and then what have we got in Best Actor for a Motion Picture? I haven't watched any of those either. No, like there's a lot of movies on here that I have not seen. Uh, yeah. I like, but it's impressive to see like, like as far as shows go, like there's a bunch of nominations from people that are part of Ozark. That's nice to see. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's crazy that like Satcha Barra Cohen's on here a couple times. Yeah. You know, looking at best television, television series. I'm happy Lovecraft country's getting some love there. Mm hmm. You know, the Mandalorian. I I love that show, but I I don't know that I would have put it in best T V drama. But Yeah. But I mean it's cool as shit that it's there. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting list. I mean, I don't I don't know if necessarily should go through every fucking category and every nominee, but No. But it's uh it's cool that a lot of streaming stuff is getting like it, like most of this list is streaming stuff. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, it definitely is. And so do you think the list is mostly streaming stuff because you couldn't go to theaters and stuff got delayed? I think that definitely plays a big part of this. Yeah, like do you think the like this being mostly made out of streaming stuff and like albeit it's really good streaming stuff you think it's this weight heavy next year for streaming stuff well that that one's hard to say though it very well could be because like i think this list is weighted heavily on the streaming stuff because like you just said with uh the pandy and everything like that going on there hasn't been a lot of theatrical movies coming out or they're getting pushed or they're getting delayed or they're being released straight on streaming services. So I definitely think that plays a factor in it. But when you look at some of the shows on here from streaming services that like are nominated, like when you look at stuff like The Crown, when you look at Ozark, Ratched, Ratched, however you want to yeah. pronounce it, Mank, Trial of the Chicago 7, like I feel like... They're, they're quality stuff, right? Yeah, I feel like, like they would be on this list regardless. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's stuff that, like, regardless of where it's playing, like, it should be on this list, so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy that, like, it seems like 
we're starting to get away from like that whole like argument of like should streaming stuff be allowed in awards right you know like that whole dumbass shit right yeah and you know yeah like fuck spielberg for that nonsense like a fucking movie is a movie a tv show is a tv show it doesn't matter where it comes from the process of it being written and directed and shot and filmed and pre-production post-production scoring all of it like, yeah. that's all the fucking same like what difference does it make if you release it in a theater or you release it for people to watch instantly in the comfort of their own home yes it's like get fucked like and especially like i like i would love to challenge like one of those old person mentalities and just point to the irishman on netflix and just be like so you're telling me one of the greatest directors of all time that made that movie on netflix you're telling me that that doesn't deserve an award <laughs> like yeah fucking martin scorsese decided to do a streaming movie right like the guy's one of the goats right it's like you can't that that whole argument was stupid to begin with but i think it even got even stupider as you saw some of the quality of stuff that came out right yeah and like there's something to be said about like i mean i get maybe where the initial <laughs> argument was coming from because there's just a plethora of just garbage being thrown on these streaming services because they needed filler and they needed yeah. something different that no one was else was doing but like now that people are like fully aware like this is definitely where the future's heading you're getting more of the heavy hitters like i mean like how, how much stuff has aaron sorkin done right like oh yeah like just tons of stuff and these are like top tier top of the food chain big players in the game that are doing stuff that are exclusive to streaming services and i think it is absolutely absurd to discredit their work and say that it is of a lesser quality because it is going to premiere on a streaming service instead of a theater. Yeah. And really, at the end of the day, how is a streaming service any different than like a cable channel right now anyway? Mm -hmm. Because the only difference is, is like you cannot, you don't have to watch commercials and advertising is never part of a fucking TV show anyway. So that argument is immediately mute. But half mm -hmm. the time you watch a show on, on cable, within 24 hours, you can go to that channel's video on demand service and watch it and watch it on your cable box right so like you can watch it live with everybody else and deal with the commercials and then you can go back and rewatch it through your cable provider so how is that any different than just cutting the advertisers out and fucking putting it on a streaming service where you don't have to sit through commercials and you don't have to wait 24 hours if you want to rewatch it you can just rewatch it right then and there yep it's not any different yep yeah and i think that old mentality it's it's fucking poison it's toxic and i feel like that's the kind of shit that's gonna hold the entertainment industry back yeah longer than it needs to like we know where this is going we yeah. already know like it's just a matter of whether we get there sooner than later but we know it's going that way so like yeah. what's the point of holding everything back yeah and i think most people that are at least somewhat in tune with this stuff knew that argument was kind of horseshit to begin with you know and it's just it's kind of funny how long it had to be an argument that's and yeah it's absurd because these yeah. people they just get they get stuck in their ways and like well no this is how it's always been you go you get funding from a studio you get the green light you do your pre you film you shoot you score yeah. it you do your post then you put it in the theater and then eventually you release it for people to purchase yeah exactly it doesn't have to be that way no like don't get stuck in your ways like yeah, like i mean like it used to be in the day that if you wanted to go somewhere and you didn't have a vehicle, you had to call the cab company, wait for them <laughs> to show up. Now you can open up an app and order a car to be there at a specific time. 
Yep. Are you going to tell me that like Uber and Lyft and shit shouldn't exist because the old ways of having to call and wait for a taxi cab to come is that's how it's always been done. So we should keep it that way. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's like, it right? fucked. yeah, like it's well, back in my day when I got paid, I was given a check and I had to walk down to the bank, which was only open between nine and five Monday to Friday. And I had to sign the check and cash it. This direct deposit didn't stuff didn't exist when I was, you know, when I was working in the seventies and eighties. Yeah, and it's like, hey, hey, motherfucker, now I can scan that check with my phone, have the funds deposited immediately, and order all my groceries on Amazon and have them delivered the same day. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're, you're gonna, like, like, if you're going to have that fucking old school mentality argument, then you can't just be selective about it, right? Because to you, like, okay, well, okay, that's understandable because that improves people's lives and it makes things easier. Well, the same could be said about entertainment. Like, not yeah. everyone wants to fucking get a babysitter and plan a night out and go to the fucking theater. Some people were like, oh, I do want to see this movie. I want to enjoy what this writer and this director crafted for me to entertain me. And I want to do it in the comfort of my own home. Yeah. So like, it, it, yeah, it's just that whole, that's how it's always been mentality. It's, it's my biggest gripe and it's not, no, just, yeah. it's not specific to the entertainment industry. No, it's everywhere. That, yeah, I see it everywhere. And like, just because yeah. that's the way something has always been done doesn't mean that it's the best way. And it certainly doesn't mean it's the right way. Yep. And people need to be more forward thinking and more progressive in how we go about things. Yep. Agreed. Anyway, rant over. Fair I'm happy enough. to see the streaming services get more noms. Good for mm -hmm. them. Hopefully that trend continues. Me too. So scrolling a little bit further down the list and uh, your boy Trent Reznor is getting some love for best original score. He's got two mentions. As he should. The guy is a fucking straight up genius. He's good. Jared Leto also got nominated for The Little Things, which... Despite that movie being mediocre, he did do super well uh, yeah. as that character. Yeah, which I think we talked about that. Like, th those people weren't the problem. No. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's anything else that, like, really stands out on this list for me. Other than, like, I'm happy my, uh, my British TV is getting some love, you know, with the the crown and uh, the Queen's Gambit. It makes me happy. Well, I'm happy that you're happy. Yeah. Yeah. The Golden Globes. I'm... I think I'm going to watch those this year because I'm really curious how the fuck they're going to do it with no one there. And I kind of want to just watch that mess. Mm -hmm. And, like, have a few drinks and just be like, let's... Let's see how they do this and what kind of a shit show it's going to be. Uh, the Golden Globes were always kind of a shit show. I mean, like the old joke was like, it's it's the award ceremony that has a bar before the Oscars and no one cares about it, right? Yeah. You know, so it's like, how is it going to be like virtually like it's probably just going to be a giant fucking mess and I'm totally down to see what that mess looks like. But yeah, that's me being weird. Fair enough. Alright, so it looks like CW has got a fucking onslaught of renewals. Yes. You know, which... Uh, that they renewed Riverdale, which I think they probably should just go ahead and kill that show. Oh, buddy, wait till we talk about what we've seen this week. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and they renewed uh, a bunch of their DC shit, which... That seems like a no-brainer. You know. They also gave Walker a second season, which I'll talk about that later. But, yeah. Um, 
I don't know. Most of these shows, whether they fucking stayed or gone, I don't care about. Now that like yeah. now that Supernatural's over with, eh, CW doesn't really have anything for me. Yeah, I was just like kind of more surprised that they decided to renew Riverdale. Like I was, uh, I don't know. That show just seems. I'm I'm not surprised, but I am disappointed. And like like I said, we'll we'll get into that later on here because yeah. I got a lot to fucking say about that show. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. So yeah, and not really much more to this. No, there yeah. is an evil movie coming back in September. Yeah, which that's sooner than what I thought. I thought it's it got Caius Godalero in it. I must have missed that earlier. Yeah. I like her as an actress. I liked her in the, what was it, the Maze Runner movies? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I'm I'm really curious about this movie. I'm curious what the tone of it is going to be. And, yeah. I like the, I like the Resident Evil, the original ones. They started getting a little too fucking hokey for me by the end, but. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm curious about this because I think there is room to have kind of a really cool Resident Evil movie while still kind of keeping some of the like anime bullshit that it gets into. Like I think there's a fine line that you could make something kind of cool with. Whether this ends up finding that line, I I don't know. But I don't know. This is this is the one that's coming to Netflix, right? Uh, no. Oh no, that was the animated one that's going to Netflix. Yeah, Netflix I think has an animated series and a live action series, and then right, I right. Think, so this is just a Sony movie, I think. So, yeah, I didn't think it would come out this quick. No, me neither. But I mean, I'm excited nonetheless. Yeah, me too. I'm really curious to see what this is. Me too. And then that uh, Blades, the movie, or is it a series? I don't even know anymore. Yeah. Anyway, they got uh, the Watchmen writer for that, which that Watchmen show was pretty good. And it went some places. Yeah, I, I actually quite enjoyed the Watchmen series. It took me a long time to finally get around to seeing it, but uh, yeah, but it was good. It was really good. Yeah, and I think like looking at that show, like, and then looking at this writer, like, they can obviously write. So, like, that's a thumbs up. Yeah, for Blade, you know. So it's yeah, I'm. This makes me more excited for that Blade reboot because I really like Mahershala Ali and I really liked the Watchmen. So, like, you're kind of getting some good people attached to it. So, thumbs up. I think this will be good. Yeah, I'm very excited to see it personally. Yeah. So, I think it's... And, I like, I'm, I'm curious if they're going to go, like, hey, here's a Blade reboot that's our... That would be cool. That would be pretty sweet. I I was, I was a huge huge fan of the uh, of the Blade movies. So yeah, I'm I'm like I'm nothing but fucking hyped for this. Yeah, I'm excited for this. So 
Yeah. And then let's see. Eggman. Ben Stiller producing a movie adaptation of the Rachel Maddow podcast about Spyro Agnew scandal. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. I have no idea what the Spyro fucking scandal is. Neither do I, but uh, I always love these stories. So it kind of instantly piqued my attention. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently it is kind of around, is it the Watergate scandal? Or it has something to do with that, maybe? I think it's around the Watergate stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I I love these type of movies. So, like, if they make them, I will watch them. And oh. I listen to yeah. all, all of these podcasts, too. So, like, Dan corrected was not about Watergate. Oh, okay. It says Richard Nixon's vice president, Spira Agnew, wasn't involved with Watergate, but he did have a scandal of his own. He was investigated by the U.S. Attorney's District of Maryland on the suspicion of criminal conspiracy, bribery, extortion, tax fraud, and was taking kickbacks from contractors even as he was serving as vice president. Oh. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm into that. Yeah, nonetheless, still super intrigued. Yeah. Yeah, so this is cool. Like I said, I'm, I'll probably watch any one of these that are made. You know, you put, like, true crime, like, story made into movie, I'll probably watch it. Oh, for sure. Right. You know, that's right up our alley. So, like, you don't have to do much to sell us on these. No, not even a little bit. I'm there. But yeah, so... It seems like Ben Stiller has quietly, like, a very successful production company. Seems like in the past few weeks, this isn't the first time we've come across a news article that's like Ben Stiller's production company. Yeah, he's really doing it. So, yeah. Cool. You do you, Ben Stiller. Yeah, good for you. And then that Yellowstone show. Which I've been meaning to watch, but I haven't got around to it. Yeah, it's still on my list. Apparently, I keep hearing mixed things. Like, I have a, a, a hard set group of people that I work with and stuff that are like, so good, so awesome, you have to watch it. And then I talk to other people and they're like, it's kind of fucking boring and it's pretty dry. It's like, I, I've been on the fence. Yeah, I've heard some of the same things. And it's like, I've been meaning to check it out because I love the Western genre. So it's like, I kind of like that. Um, you know, but then I read this headline and it's like they're doing a prequel in like the early 1800s, which would be way more of a Western, which like maybe I should just watch that. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, like it's got to be doing decent enough that they're green lighting a prequel. Yeah. Right. Like it's. Yeah. Like it's this is one of those weird ones like we were, we were talking last week about that show going to A&E like this is on like the Paramount network that like has bar rescue. (laughs) So like, it's like one of those weird things where like, and like, I'll be totally honest. Like I throw on bar rescue when I'm really tired and want to have a nap and it's on TV or something like that. But but yeah, it's like one of those weird networks things where it's like, Hey, last week on bar rescue. And then it's like, Hey, hold up. The fuck is Kevin Costner doing on here? Right? Like, it's like, what? 
But. Well, I wonder if it's still going to make its way to Amazon, right? Because like that's where Yellowstone's three seasons they picked up from Paramount. It's on Prime, and now Prime bought the show and is going forth with a fourth season. Oh, so like if you want to watch Yellowstone right now, all of it's on Prime. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so I'm curious if like I don't know, is this well, like a joint fucking thing, or well, is it this... says the show will out on paramount plus which is their streaming service so so the main show didn't do good enough so they <laughs> dumped it amazon picked it up and now it's doing well and it's getting a new season but they still hold ipo to some of it i guess and they're like oh well you guys are liking it again so we'll do a prequel over on ours and then maybe that doesn't do well and then amazon picks that up again. i don't know man it's so fucking bizarre yeah maybe it it quietly becomes like two seasons on fucking Paramount Plus and then they shop it back to Amazon. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Super messed up. Why not just give it to Amazon? Mm-hmm. But, yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, I, I still want to check out that show at one point, but it's, I, I don't think it's like good enough that it needs to be at the top of my priority list. Yeah. But, it's one of those ones that, like, I would like to check it out at some point because I've heard enough people like talk about it where it's like, okay, there's got to be something there, um, whether that's something for me or not. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, speaking of like super interesting stuff, four yeah. part mini series, docu series about the Woody Allen allegations coming to HBO. Yeah. And sign me the fuck up. Mm hmm. Yeah, but, like, HBO does a lot of things really well, but when they do docu series, they are yeah, not the best. They're king when it comes to docu series, right? Like it's, yeah, like their documentaries are like kind of the standard. Like Netflix is good, but like you didn't get a confession out of the person you were doing the documentary on, right? You know, which is like what that one HBO one did. Um, so yeah, this is. Uh, yeah, this is interesting. And it's HBO taking shots at fucking Woody Allen. Mm -hmm. You know, you think... I bet a lot of people in Hollywood, if you were to go pitch this project to you other studios, would probably laugh you out of the room. Yeah, well, the whole interesting thing about, like, the whole the whole case against Woody Allen yeah. is, like, if this wasn't true and, like, he really is innocent and stuff, like... As far as I'm aware, because I haven't been keeping up, because, I mean, this has been happening for years now, he's still not in the country. Am I correct? I believe so. Like, or motherfucker that... won't come back to the United States. Because he'll get arrested. Up if he does, yeah, yeah is so it... it's like... Or is if... it uh, the other guy? Oh, there's another guy that has a similar thing. Woody Allen in the States? I'm curious. I could have swore it was Woody Allen. I thought I I'm could trying be wrong. to think of the other. There's another one that was. Oh uh, no! I think who you're thinking of is. Why can't I think of the name? Oh, he was in. He was portrayed in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the Tarantino one. The writer. Why can't I think of the fucking name? It's fucking the shit out of me. But it was a similar thing 
and he doesn't live in the States, and I don't think he can come back. But maybe oh. Woody Allen is the same? I don't oh, know. Maybe, I, I mean, maybe I'm getting fucking confused. I don't know. You could be right. Eh, we'll, we'll leave the audience to look that one up. But, yeah. I but Nonetheless, very interested in seeing this. Yeah, so I'm trying to just... Like, I don't know what... Like I said, I, I actually don't know what the allegations against him were. Just sexual abuse of his daughter. Oh. Well, that's not good. No. Huh. Not not good at all. It seems no. like he's had like a lawsuit with Amazon, too. Because they terminated his uh, film deal. Crazy. Yeah, I'm down for this. Yes, me too. I don't like that it's four Roman parts. Roman Polanski, that's who I'm thinking <laughs> of. Yes, yes, okay. Um, I don't like that it's four parts. I like longer ones, but it seems short, but yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. Did they, I'm trying to see in here, did they have a release date? I didn't see one. Oh, February 21st. Shit, that's like next week. Yeah, that's exciting. Oh. oh, awesome. That even makes this more better. I got a new yeah. crime doc next week. Beautiful. It'll probably be one a week, though. Oh, yeah. Probably. So I might just wait a bunch so I can watch them all. Yeah, that's probably the better idea. Yeah. Hey, I mean, we've said this before. Like, if you make a true crime doc, we'll, we'll probably watch it. So, mm-hmm. like, we, that's kind of like. Our both of our interests kind of converge on a few things where, like, we'll both just kind of watch it no matter what. And true crime seems to be one of those. Yep. So, yeah. And in uh, our last piece of news, Will Smith to star in David Light's upcoming memory loss thriller, Fast and Loose. Yeah. And this kind of seemed like it could be all right. Yeah, I haven't really looked too far into it or what it's all about, but... It seems like he's uh, kind of like just the typical, like, wakes up, no memory kind of thing. And it turns out he kind of uncovers that he had two lives. One is a rich criminal organization head. And then another one, he was an undercover CIA agent. Oh, which, uh, yeah. Like the, I'm already it, into that. Yeah, so, like, it seems like it's like, okay, like, there's some stuff there. Like, that's... That's kind of a fucking crazy plot line, and if you do that right, that could be fun, right? Yeah. So, yeah. And I think Will Smith, when he does these good, like, he knocks it out of the park, right? Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. And apparently, the dude who's directing this is the same dude that is directing... Bullet Train. Yeah, that Bullet Train, which that Bullet Train movie... Is like quietly becoming like one of my most anticipated movies. So, yeah, I'm very excited for it. I wish it would just come out already. Yeah, um, yeah, and he was one of the original people behind uh, the original John Wick, which I actually just watched the other night. God, that's such a fucking good movie. Well, they all are. They uh, <clears throat> like they're all super good, but I think that first one just holds a special place because I think it does some stuff super well. Like, I love that, uh, and this is getting a little bit off topic, but whatever. Like, I love how no one 
everyone knows who John Wick is and no one fucks with him. And they yeah. just let him do uh, what he wants. Like when they come to the house and the cop just like looks in and see all the dead bodies and he's just like, yeah, all right, I'll, uh, I'll leave you to it then. Just like pieces out. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just like everyone knows what it like they whoever wrote that like they they very smartly wrote this like cloud around of a character right but they they did it exceptionally well so, yeah they did or it's just like yeah yeah i think this director you know like looking at this project you know that bullet train you know his success with john wick like i think he's got a bright future ahead of him from the yeah, looks of it. He's definitely on the right track, that's for sure. Yeah. Which like it's always nice to see like the kind of like people who started out as like relatively unknowns, like kind of like slowly start to like really get a career going. And mm-hmm. it seems like this is kind of like the perfect case of like started off with this like small John Wick movie that like grew into this crazy fandom and you know franchise, right? Yeah. So Yeah, very exciting stuff. Yeah, this is cool. But looks like it was a pretty short news week this week. Yeah, there wasn't a whole lot that week. But we so, watched some stuff. Yeah, a little bit. I assume you've been carrying on with Walker. Yeah, and I don't know why. I like I I don't know why I'm still watching that show, and I should probably just stop. Um Well, I imagine a lot of it has to do with fond memories you have of Jerry Padalecki. I think that's the only reason I'm still watching it because I I don't think it's that good of a show. <laughs> <laughs> but I keep watching it and I it's just like I think it I think that's the reason is like I really liked him in Supernatural so I'm just like I want you to do well so I'm watching this show that I actually don't particularly enjoy watching that I browse Reddit most of the time while I'm watching it it's just like I don't know it's fucking weird. Like it's, it's, it's just under, a, it's understandable. A, it's just a generic kind of CW cop drama. Like there's really nothing going on with it. Um, but I'm still watching it, and I don't know if if I'll ever stop. Well, I don't that, know. It's fair. weird. It's weird. Um, yeah. That, that uh, yeah, it's weird. Like I said. I'm watching it still, and I don't know why. All right, then. Yeah. And then something that I have been watching a lot of is uh, Power. Yeah, you've been really powering through it. Ooh. That was a filthy fucking pun. I love it. (laughs) Um, Yes. Yeah, I've uh, just finished season four last night, and so I got two more seasons to go. Good, eh? Six. Yeah, really good. Um. A fucking that intro song is amazing, right? Uh, that uh, yeah, that like my Plex allows me to skip the intro, and it's like I find myself not doing that because I really like that song. It's it's just it's an all around. It like it really took me by surprise when I started watching it like a year or two ago. Yeah, it's um it's really good. I think. The first season had a slow start. Like I it when I, when I watched that first season, I was like, eh, "Okay, this is good," but like, like I was kind of like trying to get to the point of like, "Okay, like what what the fuck was Tyler talking about?" And then like season two started to kind of ramp up a little bit because 
season two is what he kills is season two spoilers um where he kills the mexican drug lord yeah yeah so it's like that's when that starts ramping up and i'm like okay now we're getting into like these like weaving plot points of like him killing it he's kind of losing the nightclub he's kind of getting it back and then season three happens and that's kind of where tommy takes over right yeah and does so good as that character yeah he does really good as that character um i will say though i am not a fan of the stuff with his mom not really digging that stuff with tommy's mom yeah yeah it 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 pops up periodically but it's not a prominent point in the show no No, but it's like when it does pop up i'm like eh, i don't think you you do that particularly well but uh, that's just a small complaint um but yeah and so season three has like him kind of starting to become part of the limelight and then like ghost thinks uh whatever that 50 cent character is is dead and then he shows back up all fucking two-face scary looking Mm -hmm. and then season four ramped up and now i'm like i went from like okay season one it's kind of getting into it season two and three i was like okay this is pretty good and then like i finished season four and i was like okay this is ramping up to a point where like i am so on board for this show like season four just fucking grabbed me by the balls and just like pulled me in Oh, and it just gets even more intense, man, because, like, as the show progresses, like, the walls just keep closing in. So, like, you you put a fucking a rabid dog in a corner and he's going to fight his way out. So, like, it just yeah, it just keeps going, man. And it's it's one of the few shows that when it does conclude, like, that final episode, the series finale, I was like, yeah, that's fucking baller. Yeah, like, it's it's and uh, I don't know if this is the right comparison, but it's season four for me is like kind of the point of like, you remember when you were watching Game of Thrones and you hit that point where you're just like, oh, this is when I like kind of went over the hump and went all in and like realized what the show was. Yeah. Like I'm kind of at that point because like season four, they kind of start to like kill a bunch of fucking main people yeah. and just not give a fuck about it. And yeah. I was not expecting that. Um, So I was like, okay, like, now we're getting into territory where like i don't know like before it was like okay i don't know if they're gonna kill a main character or not like if they're gonna be that type of show and then season four they were like okay we're gonna end it by shooting his daughter and i was like okay like and then a bunch of other like kind of major characters it's like all right they're not afraid to fucking you know axe someone so Yeah, yeah i like that where it's like it's not predictable like just anyone at any given time is up for grabs yeah so it's yeah it's good i mean i think the only complaints i do have with it is like some of the subplots i think like uh the stuff with uh that dude's mom and then the stuff with um oh the the like media mogul nightclub dude yeah that stuff i'm, I'm like eh, that stuff really wasn't it doing it for me but like the main plot points are like really doing it for me um so yeah i'm curious and i'm curious where some of the characters go especially like uh because in season four like angela uh that angela chick like she's no longer working for the government and all that so it's like okay where is that story gonna go right like it's yeah oh yeah just 
just you fucking wait, man. Like I'm telling you, that last season is a is a straight roller coaster and one of the best finales I've ever seen. Like I walked away, like the way that show ended, I was like, yes, I'm happy on all fronts. And the very final like few moments of that very last episode, you're like, yep, this is why the show's called fucking power. Yeah. God damn. Yeah. <coughs> excuse me uh, <clears throat> yeah no it's it's really good like it's like finishing season four so it's i've got is it two more seasons is it six or seven i think there's six but i'm not positive i don't remember i'm gonna look it up i burned through all of it so fucking fast yeah like i yeah like i started this like two weeks ago and like i'm just like crushing it um okay so there's two more Mm-hmm. and so yeah like i'm at the point where like so many of these plot points are like up in the air and like kind of converging and like they just killed a bunch of people off and it's like i like i'm like i finished it last night and i almost stayed up like if we didn't have to wake up early to do the podcast i would have been up all night like watching more that's um, funny <laughs> like i was like uh, should i start season five and then i like looked and it was like two in the morning and i was like I'm going to hate myself if I do. Um, yeah, it's, it's good. And, uh, I forgot how old, like how fucking graphic old showtime was. Oh yeah. But like, I appreciate all of the nudity thumbs up there showtime. Um, but like super fucking like graphic, like gun to dude's head brain hits the wall kind of thing. And like, Oh, it was, uh, in the finale for season four. Um, one of the main uh, drug dealer guys gets ambushed by like three people and they're having like a knife fight. Yeah. Fuck. And like, it was like, I had like moments where like he kind of wins where you're just like, Oh, like <laughs> where he's like swinging the thing. And then some dude like uh, fucking grabs his aunt, his Achilles heel. And then they fucking cut the tattoo off of his neck. Cause it was an old gang tattoo and like the camera is like literally showing the scalpel, like digging into the neck. And I was like, fuck, I was like, I forgot how like pretty old showtime was like, yeah, this is good. It's I, I've been saying it for a long time, man. It's a good show. Yeah. And like, I'm, I, I wonder why that show didn't get more love when it was on. I don't know, but it obviously got enough love that they are doing the, the power book fucking spinoffs, right? Yeah. So I'm curious. So what are those again? Well, the one that's airing right now is a spinoff involving his kid and okay. his and his wife, which okay. I, I'll be honest, I haven't dug into yet. And the next power book that they're going to do focuses on Tommy after everything. And that's the one I'm genuinely excited about because yeah. I'm super curious to see where he is now and what's going on in his life given how everything ended because yeah well you'll have to see how fucking wild it gets at the end because you're gonna be like holy shit yeah and it's like i doing the podcast and it's like when we talked about all those prequels and like the plots of all those it was like i kind of know that some people will make it out of the show right um which is fine um but yeah, like I'd be super interested in a show based on that Tommy character. Like mm-hmm. the one on the wife and the kid, I don't know that. Like I'm not into those characters enough or like, I don't know if I would watch that in spinoff, but mm-hmm. like the Tommy one. Well, hence why I haven't really sat down <laughs> and got into him yet. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that is, uh, 
that's a fucking TV show, and I am I'm all in for it. It is. I like I went in with very little expectations, just kind of like needing a show to watch, and you were just like, "Dude, check out Power! Like it's it's really good." And I was like, "All right," and fucking yeah, it's yeah, it's solid. I mean, you should almost just like not even question my recommendations anymore, considering I gave you American Horror Story and Power at this point. And this is true. So when I'm done Power, you're gonna have to find another show that has like seven to eight seasons that I can start watching. Well, if you haven't done all of Silicon Valley, that's high on the list. I've done most of Silicon Valley. And then the only other one I can think of off the top of my head, because I was just having this conversation with someone else, is Banshee. But I think you watched Banshee. Oh, yeah, I've seen it like twice. I fucking love Banshee. I'll rewatch Banshee. But yeah, (laughs) that's... I will have more to say on Power when I finish it. Um, Yeah. It's super good. Mm Mm-hmm. Really having a good time with it, so yeah. yeah that's all I got on power. Thumbs all right, up. Then I only watched a few things. We watched uh, recently watched the Framing Britney Spears documentary. Okay, yes. So that, does uh, that the New York Times made? So is that based on like the conservative stuff? Yeah, or, yeah. The, the bulk of it is about the, the conservative ship. Yeah, which um, they just announced that uh, her dad does does not have it anymore. Yeah. which is like wild like the documentary kind of goes into the other stuff like it shows like young britney and how she's going about and kind of like as she's starting to get famous like the suspect parts are like her parents split and she doesn't like have a like a real relationship with her father and like he just like and maybe it's just the way it's portrayed in articles as well as in this documentary but like her and her father after her parents split they don't really have like their mother or father daughter right but like he's not an active part in the life and it just kind of seems like he's constantly trying to get in there not because he wants to be around his daughter because it's his daughter but more or less he wants the money to the pie yeah and then somehow when she starts like having this breakdown they kind of go into like everything that led up to her having this like big breakdown right like they talk about like they show interviews from when she's young and it's it's wild yeah it's wild to see how different she's become because like when you see these old interviews where she's like doing interviews or like the behind the scenes where she's like talking to people. She's completely normal. She's like yeah. got all of her mental faculty there, like just yep. an, a normal person. And she's very humbled and very kind and considerate and smart. Like a lot of the stuff like for her productions and her concerts and the stage and stuff like that was like her vision and how she wanted it done. And she just obviously needed to reach out to the right people to help make her vision a reality, but it was all her. Yep. And then you look at like where she is now, where she does like the Las Vegas residency and like, you know, everyone else seems to have control over her life. But like it shows her it's like and it was so creepy, man, because like it shows these old interviews where like people are interviewing her and they're like, I'm sure at the time nobody thought much of it. But you watch these old interviews now, especially where we are in society now. Yep. And it's like, that's fucking wildly inappropriate. Yep. Like she's doing one interview and they're talking about how she's now dating Justin Timberlake and someone's just like, oh, so like, have you guys had sex? Are you a virgin? And it's like, that's wildly inappropriate. And there's like another one, like before she was even 18, shortly after she released her first music video for Hit Me Baby One More Time. And uh, an interview is like interviewing her and then starts talking to her about her breasts and her breast size. Yep. And you're like, that shit would not fucking like, how was that even? Yep. 
times are different, but it's just it's wild yeah. and it's it's creepy and it's so cringy. Yep. But then it shows like, oh, she kind of kind of goes off the rails and stuff, and it shows you how like after her and Justin Timberlake broke up, you didn't really get her side of the story, and he kind of took control of the narrative and never came outright and said it, but was saying but basically heavily hinted that like the breakup was all Britney's fault and she broke his heart and like he kind of like inadvertently without actually saying it made it sound like she cheated on him. Oh, okay. And then that's when he released his solo Cry Me a River. Oh, right. Which like if you like listen to the lyrics and watch the music video, it all makes it appear as if Britney was cheating on him and like basically banging all these dudes while they were together. But that's not the case. But like, it just kind of shows like he took control after the breakup and he created and crafted the narrative. It kind of makes JT look like a bit of a fucking douchebag to be completely honest. Yeah. But then it shows even more cringeworthy stuff where like they're, he's on an interview on like radio and someone's like, all right, Justin, be honest with us. Did you bang Britney Spears? Did you get in those pants? And he just kind of, he's like, guys, (laughs) <laughs> yeah i did and it's just like man like it's crazy how times have changed but like yeah, yeah, yeah it leads goes through all that and then how she ends up marrying kevin Federline and how they have two kids and then it shows like how he gets custody and like that kind of hurts her because it shows she's a very involved mom and all of a sudden she doesn't have her kids in her life like loses complete custody only gets visitation and then just kind of starts going off the rails right which is when her father who she had nothing to do with for years at this point steps in and somehow gets complete conservatorship of her life and her finances. Yeah. And then later they show that like as the conservator of her like entire estate and everything like that, he was entitled to a 1% cut. Everything that she did as far as like shows and merchandising and all that stuff. And at one point they were saying like with merchandising and doing like three shows a day in Vegas and she was getting like 400 or 500,000 per show. Yep. Three times a day in Vegas, four days a week. She was making like a hundred million a month. Mm-hmm. He's getting one percent of that. Yep. And then eventually, for the first time ever, because they had a bunch of lawyers on there, they were talking about how they wanted to change the arrangement of the conservatorship, where he was to get paid more and to go from this being a conservatorship to a conservatorship slash business hybrid model. Yep. And that he deserved a bigger cut. Yeah. Like the whole thing is just like fucking sketchy and it's fucking insane. It's it's just absolutely what you'd have to watch it. The one thing I didn't the one thing I didn't like about the documentary though is they show like how normal she is at the beginning, and then they kind of show a few like Instagram videos and stuff of like, you know, within the last couple years. Right. But but they don't really like because I've gone on her Instagram and seen some of the videos and she's it's like if you watch some of her Instagram stuff and some of the stuff she puts out, she's not there. Right. Like mentally something's off. Like she clearly has some kind of mental health problems. Yeah. And they very uh precisely or they they left a lot of that stuff out. So the whole documentary right. is framed as Brittany should be in control of her own finances and everything like that because she's totally normal. Just look at these interviews when she was a 14-year-old girl coming up into celebrity right. stardom. Like, look, she's completely normal. And look, here's some select Instagram posts where she's playing with her kids and being happy. See, she's normal. She should be in control of everything. But right. they, they purposely leave out like the other stuff she posts, which would make you go, something's fucking wrong here. Right, where maybe the narrative should be like, 
maybe the systems in place are right, but they just need someone that actually looks out for her or something, right? Yeah. You know, so it's, yeah, I remember, I think it was like a year and a half ago, I was like browsing the Unsolved Mysteries subreddit, and one was done about Britney Spears that I think is one of their, I think it's their top post of all time, and it was like some dude that did a deep dive, and I was, like, I remember reading it going like, this can't be what happened, like, because like at the time I had no idea that any of that shit was going on with it, right? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's a crazy story. Yeah. Well, and at the end of the day, like, even when this conservatorship was starting, she straight up said, like, she was willing to sign over and have a conservator, mm-hmm. but she straight up said, I don't want it to be my dad. I yeah. want it to be, like, a someone, business, like yeah. a bank. I want someone, like, to be making these decisions who's legitimately going to be making the smart ones and not have any sort of personal control in it. And right. she lost that argument. And her lawyers lost in court and her dad got the conservatorship. And she was like, I'm fine with this. That's fine. I will take it. Someone can be in charge. But she straight up said, I do not want it to be my dad. And it yeah. ended up being her dad. Yeah. Which I don't think is right. And honestly, no. at the end of the day, whether she's fucking crazy or not crazy, maybe she's completely sane. And a lot of this is just her being goofy and having an act. Or maybe she's incredibly mentally unstable. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. But at the end of the day, whether she's crazy or not, it's her fucking life and it's her fucking money. Yep. And I don't think anyone should be in charge of it, whether she makes poor decisions or not. Yep. Right. Like if she is making a hundred million dollars a fucking month and she's given it all to some fucking cult church like group because she got sucked into that yep. and, you know, ends up in like the new version of whatever Nexium is yep. like then by all means, that's her fucking money and she can spend oh, yep. it where she wants. Like that, that's my whole gripe with the whole thing. Like, yeah, like, it would be a different story if she's taking this money and she's, like, I don't know, using it to secretly fund terrorism or something. Like, that, yeah. then we're talking about something different. But if she wants to buy 10 fucking houses and 30 different cars and, I don't know, buy a fucking new yacht every month with her money, then that's, fuck, yeah. she earned that money. No one earned that money but her. She yeah. earned it. It's her. She can do with it whatever she wants. And if she ends up spending all of it and ends up having to file for bankruptcy and not have a cent left to her fucking name then so goddamn be it. How many celebrities have done that already where they fucking make it big and then they spend, 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 and now they're fucking broke celebrities, right? Like they're allowed to do it. No one steps in and goes, hey, you're spending your money not not properly, so we're going to step in and control the money for you. Like you don't really see that happen anywhere else, so the whole situation is just fucked. Yeah, it's super fucked up. Mm -hmm. But that's my thoughts. It was an interesting documentary. Although I definitely felt it was cherry picked and skewed, fair enough. In her favor, instead of showing all of the facts, fair enough. Where, where is like is the is it a streaming service that has it? Yeah, Hulu, I believe. Oh, okay. Hmm. Yeah, that's my take on that. It was interesting. I mean, we're definitely worth a watch. But go in with an open mind and don't just sit there watch it and go, oh, this is the definitive truth of what right. has happened and is happening. Like you need to be open-minded and going, okay, like, even though this documentary was produced by the New York Times, it is still slanted. Well, yeah, of course. Pretty much every documentary is, to a point. Yeah. Right, so it's, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. And then aside from that, I'm all caught up on Riverdale, and Jesus Christ, that's why they need to cancel that fucking show. Okay, all right. What? Tell me what the fuck new crazy bullshit is happening in our favorite show on the CW. Well, long story short is, like, because of the pandy, they didn't get to finish last season, right? Right. So the first three episodes of this season 
were supposed to be the last three episodes of last season. Okay. And this new season was supposed to start off with a time jump. But instead, right. you got the remaining three episodes of last season. And then starting with the fourth, then they do the time jump that was originally supposed to be the very beginning of this season. Okay. But it's just, it's it's still going beyond ridiculous. And it felt like they crammed way too much shit into these three episodes to cover last season where it's like, oh, we have these 15 story arcs that we left wide open. We got to shut them. And they did it in rapid succession to the point where they closed these fucking loops. So I guess one could be satisfied in that sense, but they didn't close them properly. They it's just, just shut like, them to shut yeah, them. Yeah. It's just like, or they discovered like two or three seasons ago that fucking her brother, her real brother, the FBI agent oh, right. still it's, has it's, a relationship with the fake brother who's in jail. And I was course. literally going like, are they ever going to address that? And then all of a sudden in the span of 10 minutes, it's like, Oh yeah, it turns out her real brother is also a serial killer who works for the FBI, but he only kills bad guys. <laughs> oh, and of they discover this, they accuse him, and he ends up in jail. But you never end actually see him end up in jail. No, of course. Yeah, so it's like okay, so they did close that, but how they went from A to B was just like an incredibly short line with no real explanation. It's just all of a sudden they figured out, oh, this is all happening, and now we know what's going on. These murders are from him. And mm -hmm. in the last season, like the big thing was someone was taking videos of the houses. And oh, right. It kind of like sort of got ramped up in the last couple episodes where like they weren't just videos of the houses. They were videos inside the houses. And then someone was making mock videos of like Jughead wrote a story where they all imagined killing Mr. Honey because he was a principal that nobody liked. So then someone filmed a video of everyone wearing like an Archie mask and a Veronica and a Betty mask and they did a fake stabbing of Principal Honey. And they're like, oh. who's making these videos? And they nicknamed him the Auteur. <laughs> and then it turns out the whole time, like, spoiler alert, the Auteur was actually Jughead's little sister Jellybean. No, get the fuck out. Yeah, she was the, she was the Auteur making all these videos with a bunch of her fucking friends. And the only oh, reason she fuck. did it was a cry for attention because she moved from Toledo all the way to Riverdale to be with her dad and her brother and reestablish those relationships. Uh, but then Jughead immediately transferred to Stonewall Prep so he wasn't spending time with Jellybean. So this was her cry for attention to be like, hey, I miss you, brother. Spend time with me. And like this whole fuck? revelation and explanation all happens in the span of five fucking minutes. Nice. It's like, oh yeah, it's Jellybean. Oh shit, okay. And then just like weird, stupid shit, like all these actors, like the guy who plays Veronica's dad and the woman who plays Veronica's mom, yep. they're both bowing out. Like they said they were not coming back. Mm -hmm. Same with um, the guy who plays Jughead's dad. Right. So they obviously needed to wrap up those storylines. So in the span of five minutes, Jughead's dad goes, okay, so Jellybean made these videos and that's fucked up. So she needs her dad in her life, but she also needs her mom. So we're moving back to Toledo. We're <laughs> out of here. And then fucking... Veronica's dad they power check him and take away his like business and they get him to step down and stuff like that so then he's like okay well yeah I'm gonna go to the Cayman Islands and fucking refine myself <laughs> what? and then yeah and then Veronica's mom's like okay perfect I'm not going with you now that you're not in power I'm not scared of you anymore for some fucking reason so I'm gonna go to New York and I'm gonna be on Andy Cohen's The Real Housewives in New York what yep all that happens in the span of like five ten minutes and the most uh, fucked up thing about it too, which like was like, 
Like in the in the time jump episode, you do see Veronica's mom. Like she has like she's not going to be a prominent character, but I think she's going to like poke in periodically. Like limited here and there. Yeah. But like Jughead's dad, Skeet Ulrich, he's out of the show. So like they have their graduation ceremony and none of them are there. No, they're all there. Oh. But literally as soon as like they throw their caps in the air and take their pictures and accept their diplomas, they're outside the school. And Jughead's dad's like, oh, yeah, I'm so proud of you, blah, blah, blah. Good luck in college. And then gets on a motorbike with Jellybean in the sidecar and moves to Toledo. Like, literally, moments after they graduate, that's it. Okay, no, can't waste no time. Oh, Gotta get the fuck out of here. And he's gone. Oh, God. That, yeah. <laughs> see, it seems like all the uh, really stupid storylines that got written throughout uh, all these seasons really caught up with whoever the fuck is writing that show and they just had to like go oh fuck we need to tie up all of these and we have no idea how to do it so we're just gonna really sloppily fucking go oh yeah this person just moves like yeah and then like in the closing like cheryl and fucking her girlfriend there oh right they're like they're having a lover's quarrel because tony's mom is actually like this was the part that confused me as well. Like she looks like her mom is like Indian. Okay. But Tony doesn't look like that at all. But no. I was like, okay, whatever it is, what it is. Yeah. But then her mom or her grandma, sorry, was like utterly opposed them being together. Not because she doesn't approve of lesbians, but because Cheryl Blossom's family is, has a long running history of being terrible. So then Cheryl decides she's going to reopen the maple factories and like basically fix the terrible image that comes with the Blossom name. Okay. And she needs approval from the Blossom family because there's a board of directors and it's like her cousins and her aunts and her uncles. That's right. And she plans to open the maple factories and donate a bunch of land back to this like indigenous group, which is what Tony's grandma or mom is a part of. Okay. And the fan and her like extended board of family like won't give her the approval. So she like goes to her mom and was like, yeah, they won't let me do this. And then literally 10 seconds later, her mom's like, yeah, I took care of them. All of her extended family, her aunts, her uncles, her cousins, all poisoned and died. What? Yep. Dead. Gone. What? Now she's now she's the sole fucking sole person on the board of director of Blossom Industries and she can do whatever she wants. This all happens in one episode? Yeah. Wow. Like everything I described is over the span of like two or three of those episodes, but a lot of these moments that I'm describing to you happen in the span of like five minutes. Fuck. And, like, to me, it's just wild where it's, like, I get that Cheryl's, like, weird and manipulative and diabolical, but, like, she literally just went to her mom, and her mom killed, like, The entirety of, of fucking... the extended family? <laughs> yes. Like, her cousins and her aunts and her uncles, and, like, Cheryl doesn't seem phased by this at all. Like, okay, cool. Like, like all my extended family like... is now fucking dead. Cool. I run the, I run the business now. It's like, yeah. what? What the like, fuck you, are you talking about? You just have no fucking reaction to like just going to your mom and she's just like, yeah, okay, I dealt with it. And she's like, what? And he's like, well, I just fucking deleted the extended family. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah. And then the way they all break up, like they all break up, like Archie okay. and Veronica break up, Betty and fucking Jughead break up. But the way they break up is stupid. I won't go into men's <laughs> detail on that, but it made me mad. Okay. And like the final scene, Archie didn't graduate. And summer school isn't going to be enough. He has to like redo his senior year, but doesn't want to. So he joins the military. I, and I yeah, oh, thought he already did that. No, he was debating joining the oh, Naval okay. Academy. Right? Okay. So this is where it gets really good. So the day, the day that they graduate, 
there are army recruiters in the school the day of graduation and he <laughs> signs up with the army and then that night they're all celebrating that they all graduated and Archie goes okay so I lied I'm not redoing school I joined the military oh by the way I leave tomorrow what yep <laughs> yep he signed up with the military graduation day and literally the very next day he's shipping out to be in the military all right so then they all get upset and then he Jughead decides to drive him to the bus station. Archie confesses, Oh, by the way, like I'm kind of in love with Betty and we kissed a couple of weeks ago. Jughead right. goes, Hey, no big deal, bro. It happens. What? They're still best friends. Yeah, everything's fine. Archie gets on the military bus, drives away. Veronica feels bad because she didn't say goodbye to Archie, even though he admitted to her that he cheated on her and they broke up. So then they get in that stupid little fucking buggy that Archie was rebuilding with his dad and they chase down the military bus. What? Like Betty, Veronica, and Jughead. And they're like honking and waving as he's on the military bus leaving to go to the military. And he goes up to the front of the bus with the military guy and goes, hey, sir, can you pull over? Those are my friends. What? So they pull the military bus over and he gives them like a big <laughs> long hug and oh, kind of goodbye and then gets on the bus and then they like wave and he you know goes to the back of the bus and peers through the window as they're waving goodbye and like that's the end of the fucking episode huh yeah which is when things get even better because the next episode is when they finally do the time jump and they jump ahead seven years into the future oh that's a lot yeah where archie comes back to riverdale to restart the rotc program that's how he ends up back in riverdale so he's a sergeant in the army okay veronica is married was a Wall Street trader. That's where she met her husband. And then they got into a helicopter accident where they both almost died. What? Yep. But they don't really just talk about it. You don't really know anything about it other than the fact it was the accident is what they refer it to. And uh. she's like working in some kind of jewelry pawn shop because she loves the hustle. It's super fucking weird. Oh, okay. Yep. And Betty now works for the FBI but she's on the FBI shit list because she was going after someone named the trash bag killer. And she thought she found him and she did, but she didn't call for backup. She went in there to get the trash bag killer herself and ended up being like captured and basically literally right out of silence of the lambs ended up in like a stone well in the fucking house. But you only get flashbacks, but it's flashbacks okay. of her in this like stone hole in the fucking house where the trash bag killer is throwing water on her. What? Yeah, somehow she ends up getting out of there and the trash bag killer ends up getting free. But she has nightmares, so she's like on office duty with the FBI. And uh, Jughead becomes a famous writer, but he wrote one book, did really well, and now he's got really bad writer's block and he's living in New York City in like a fucking, you know, like a hipster kind of apartment that's an absolute mess. And he's an alcoholic and he's having troubles writing. But he also owes a whole bunch of money to a whole bunch of different people. Like he's super in debt and can't figure out how to write his book. Okay, so that one seems like grounded in reality, whereas like the other ones do not. Yeah, the other ones are pretty wild. But the best part is, is then like Archie ends up in Riverdale and sees that Riverdale is a complete and total shithole now. The fire department doesn't exist. They closed it down. The police department is literally just one person, Kevin Keller's dad. He's the only person on the police force. Okay. Gangs and violence and drugs are like ruling the fucking city. Huh. And Tony's still there. She's fucking pregnant. And she now owns the nightclub that's in the bottom of Pops with the rest of the serpents. They bought it. Okay. And Cheryl Blossom is running Blossom Industries, but she's become like this quiet recluse and doesn't leave Thornhill property. 
Okay. So Archie comes back and goes into the fucking bottom of Pops and goes and sees it's now like the fucking the snake bar or whatever the fuck. The serpent hangout. All right. Sees Tony and Tony's like, oh, you need to see Riverdale, Archie. It's crazy. So she like takes him on a tour and it's like all these bus stops are like burnt down and the <laughs> fire station's closed and there's graffiti everywhere and basically the town is an utter fucking mess. You just turned into Mad Max. Pretty much, yeah. So then he's like, oh, this is bad, Tony. We need to fix this. So he calls Betty. He calls Veronica. He calls Jughead. All three of them. You don't actually hear the phone calls. You just see them like in their own new lives. They like pick up their phone and it's a phone call from Archie. Okay. And they all pick up the phone, but you don't actually hear what any of the conversations are. Keep in mind, they make a point of letting you know that none of them have spoken to each other in seven years. <laughs> So somehow seven years down the road, none of them have spoken to each other. Somehow everyone still has the exact same phone number. And he calls them all and says, guys, I need your help. Riverdale's in trouble. And then the ending of that episode is like all of them get back together and they show up in Riverdale and sit down in Pop's diner to try and figure out what's going on with Riverdale. Of course. And that's, I was just like, I can't, I fucking, I can't. like I'm going to, but I fucking can't. It's I, so, oh my God. Oh fuck. I am. I stopped watching the show a real fucking long time ago, and it is just crazy hearing you describe it uh, like where it is now. Those like first three episodes of this season, which were supposed to be the last three of last season, like they were enough to make my blood boil. It's like this doesn't like none of this makes any fucking sense. They're tying up all these loose ends so fast that you don't actually get an explanation for them. Like the, with the whole video thing, like they spent a whole season where it's like who's making these videos like this is a crazy mystery we need to solve and then they just don't address it at all and then in the span of five minutes it's like hey we solved the case it was my little fucking sister she was doing it for a cry for attention and case closed and oh, like, what? what 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 <laughs> so are you gonna keep watching i have to you're just you're down that road now you gotta see well, where it goes that and it's like it's a show that i started with my fiance right so it's like our show that we watch together oh so like i'm gonna keep watching but like it went from like i really liked the first season i was into it i'm like yeah this is actually really good and then the second season like okay it's a little weird but it's still really good okay so here's and a question oh, what does your fiance think of the show like and like an average viewer like, is she still all in or is she like also like, what the fuck is going on? No, she like also thinks like a little ridiculous and absurd at times, but it's entertaining. And that's right. That's all that she's after. Oh, okay. Fair enough. So like, I mean, we're going to keep watching it. I'm going to, I'm going to keep watching it. But like, my God, man, I, I watch it kind of like pseudo under protest now. Cause it's, it did, it, it had such good potential when that show first came out and I was into it and I was intrigued and I thought it was entertaining yeah. and like decently put together but like as each season progresses it's like it's almost like the writers like I, my theory used to be that they just hired like people out of school for interns and didn't pay them and got them to write the scripts and now i'm at the point where i think it's kind of like a, a south park situation where they just have a bunch of whales in a fucking tank that push bubbles over and it's like what should this episode be about because it doesn't make sense it's either that or someone's like they keep giving us money. Let's push the envelope. Let's see how stupid and outlandish and just utter incompetent we can write this next episode and see if they'll still pay us for it. But that would be my hope. Like, it's it's so bad that you had lots of the major people like Skeet Ulrich and the guy who plays Veronica's mom or dad and the guy who plays or the girl who plays Veronica's mom. 
Like they saw how bad this is getting and they dropped out. They're like, I'm done with this fucking show. And like the chick who plays Tony, she recently announced she's leaving the show too. Like she obviously saw how ridiculous it's getting. I'm surprised that like KJ Appa and Lily Reinhardt and all and Camila Mendez, like I'm surprised that they're all still attached to the show. And I would not be surprised if like by the end of next season that they've already been renewed for a bunch of them drop out because it's going to get to the point where like to be associated with the show is going to be damaging to your acting career. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Think about where that show started and where it is now is insane. It's wild. If you would have shown someone the first season and they're like, oh yeah, cool. And then immediately put them on to like the third or the fourth season. Yep. They'd be like, what? Yep. Anyway. Yeah. That's, that's my fucking Riverdale rant. Like it's, it's, it's upsetting and it's disappointing. Cause I like to have a show that you actually enjoyed watching and to see where it started where it was mm-hmm. heading and like yeah. where it actually ended up. It's slightly disheartening, disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking Riverdale. Yep. That's all I got to say on that. Fair enough. So I guess with my long ranted wind or long winded rant over, I guess that's kind of where we fucking end things. eh? that's all I got. Yeah. Well, I'll catch you on the next one. <laughs> yep. Yeah.